Hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast, 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined with 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Polaris, and a special guest from ESPN, Nick Wagner. Nick, thank you so much for joining us, sitting down with Lindsay and I to talk some 49ers football. You set the bar really high by saying this is the best 10-minute update ever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm long-winded, so anything best for me, we're looking at like a half hour probably. So I'm apologizing to your listeners in advance. No worries. We'll just we'll give some quick hits here and there. An extended first and 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. We got a couple penalties, I think. It's first and 30. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um All right, so before we start, some exciting news was announced on Wednesday morning regarding finalists for AP 2022 NFL Awards. Lindsay, can you share some more details on which 49ers are in the running for some possible NFL honors? Yeah, great news to open up the day with. uh, The 49ers have five representatives uh, for those AP Awards, AP Coach of the Year, Kyle Shanahan, a finalist, obviously. Uh, For AP Defensive Player of the Year, we have Nick Bosa, a defensive lineman. AP Comeback Player of the Year, we have running back Christian McCaffrey. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, none other than QB1 Brock Purdy. And AP Assistant Coach of the Year, Defensive Coordinator D'Amico Ryans. So again, congratulations to those those men that are, we'll, we'll find out the results of that on February 9th. I mean, it's a pretty lengthy list this year. Nick, does any one member of the 49ers out of any of the categories really jump off the list to you? Well, yeah, usually when you have that many nominees, it means you had a pretty good season. So that's the first first thing. But the one that jumps out to me, I mean, I think Nick Bosa is, is the one I, like, if I had to bet, like, is definitely going to win. I think that one, you can probably take it to the bank. But the one that jumps out to me is Kyle Shanahan. And I say that because usually... I am very against like a coach winning coach of the year when they have a bunch of players who are nominated for these awards. Like I'm very against like you can't have coach and MVP from the same team. But I'll say this. The fact that Brock Purdy is nominated for Offensive Rookie of the Year speaks so well to why Kyle Shanahan is nominated for Coach of the Year. So I think it's a little bit different just because of all the 49ers have been through this season. And that's why it jumps out to me so much that I think Kyle Shanahan is very deserving. And that's not to say those other guys aren't. You can make a really good case for Brian Dayball and Doug Peterson and all those other guys. But I just think that this is Kyle Shanahan's finest job. And that's saying something because he's done a really good job in 2021. Obviously, in 2019, when I think he really should have won it um but i think you could make a really really strong case that other than bosa he's the most deserving uh out of all those guys and that's not to say the other ones aren't but uh kyle shanahan maybe his masterpiece there's still a couple of uh pieces that he's got to fill out but uh he's on his way yeah obviously each nominee is interconnected in that way like you mentioned earlier um nice now let's dive into sunday's game and look ahead to the nfc championship between the 49ers and eagles talk about some of the preparations the team is taking before the game Lindsay, uh, the team held their first practice of the week on Wednesday. Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell didn't practice day one due to injuries. And the 49ers wide back Debo Samuel was also limited with an ankle injury. What did Kyle Shanahan have to say about their statuses and how does it affect San Francisco's backfield, a unit that they rely so heavily on? Yeah, you know, I think more than anything, uh, Kyle Shanahan was optimistic that these guys will be ready to play on Sunday. I think given the magnitude of the game and this, you know, depending on how things shake out, it could be the very last game of the season. So I know, especially also coming from the player side that they're going to do everything they absolutely can to be ready on Sunday, because I mean, in the playoffs, you're playing for the season and for this game in particular, you're playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl. So 
uh, yeah, they're going to be getting their bodies right as much as they can in these days leading up to uh, travel on Friday. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Nick, I'm curious to hear when the 49ers and Eagles won in the divisional round last weekend, what was your initial reaction to the matchup and what should San Francisco expect on Sunday? Yeah, honestly, all year it's felt like these teams were kind of on a collision course. I shouldn't say all year, but for let's say the last half of the season, it felt like these teams were on a collision course. And it's funny because in 2019, I I, I have very similar like 2019 49ers vibes with the Eagles um, just because I feel like they're built in very similar ways. They have a whole bunch of first round picks on their defensive line. They want to get after you with the pass rush. They led the league with 70 sacks this year. They run the crap out of the ball. Can I say that on the, on the show? Uh, just just checking. But the, the, they know, like the, these are these are like traits that are very similar to what they did, what the Niners did in 2019. And the other thing that was interesting is I felt like people like didn't think that the Eagles were very good for a long. Like it took people a long time to be like, oh. That's a really good team. And that, that was the case with the Niners. Like, it took a long time in 2019 for people to come around to just how good they were. So um, my first thought when it happened and, and both teams won, it was like, this is going to be great. Like, this is if you love January football, physical, in a, in a great atmosphere, the crowd's going to be loud. It's going to – it probably won't be super cold, but it'll be cold-ish. Cold for people out here, for sure. Cold, like cold for people in California. Cali- yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Midwest yeah. kid, so not cold for me necessarily. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, it, it's just – it's the type of matchup that you should get in an NFC championship game. Like, the really, the AFC, that's true, too. Like, I just like the fact that, you know, it should be – when you get to this point, it shouldn't be easy. you got to beat the best to to get there. And I think both of these teams would say, would look at the other side and say, we should have to go through them if we're going to win a Super Bowl. Nick mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Lindsay, we talked about it over the last two weeks, that importance of the home field advantage in the playoffs. But now to make it to the Super Bowl, the 49ers are going to have to win in Philly. Tell me about how the team feels about playing in that rowdy environment And what if they have any similar experience, any meaningful games on the road? Yeah, uh, so I definitely think just being comfortable with the lay of the land from week two of last season is helpful for a lot of the team. Obviously not a playoff atmosphere, but I heard a lot of the guys actually reference that week 17 game from this season in Vegas just because everybody in that Vegas crowd was fired up. There was a ton of red. I don't think there will be quite as many 49ers fans at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday. But again, atmosphere, uh, definitely the set, like uh, how loud it was in there. Definitely something that Brock Birdie is going to have to contend with. The stakes are pretty high. Um, and I actually got a chance to catch up with George Kittle yesterday. And in, in a very George Kittle-esque way, he's super excited just for the rowdy Philly fans. He, uh, I think what he said is that the fans in Philly don't like anybody that isn't associated with Philly, but he's like, you got to respect that. You love that about Philly fans. And I think, uh, yeah, the team is just welcoming that with open arms. They get it. All right. So earlier in the week, NFL Network had a segment highlighting under the radar players to watch in the championship games this Sunday. And for the 49ers, they circled wide receiver Brandon Ayuk and linebacker Dre Greenlaw as their under the radar players to keep an eye on. Nick, by covering this team on a daily basis, you know that these are two crucial playmakers to the success of this team. 
but who else would you highlight as an under-the-radar player that can really step up on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think someone that I'll have my eyes on, it's really both of them, but the two safeties, Talanoa Ufanga, and I don't know if he's under the radar, but Tayshawn Gibson probably does fall into that category. But the thing is, is the Eagles, the one thing that they've done really well, if you go back and look at what when they played teams who defended the run really well, because that's the Eagles' bread and butter. They want to run the ball, right? But the Tennessee Titans, when they played the Titans, the Eagles blew them off the field in part, even though Titans were stopping the run because they just threw the ball over everybody's head. And Jalen Hurts, that is the, in the way that he has evolved the most. I asked Fred Warner about that today, and he said the way that Jalen Hurts has evolved the most from week two of last year to this year is his ability to now, not just looking to run, but when he gets outside the pocket, he's making plays deep down the field. They have two receivers and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown who are really good at that, obviously adding Brown in the offseason. So that, to me, is can those guys stay sticky in coverage on the back end? Of course, that's all tied in with the pass rush. That front four's got to be able to generate pressure by itself without having to blitz but those two guys have to be really good with their eyes make sure they're not biting on some of the play action stuff some of the zone read stuff that the eagles like to do because if they do that ball's going over their head and we've seen the eagles do that a lot this year all right Lindsay. wednesday was the first day in the locker room you could kind of get a vibe check of the players the stakes are higher each and every week that we move on What's the vibe like right now? I think everybody is very locked in. I feel like usually on Wednesdays, we have really high energy locker rooms. And maybe that was because a lot of the guys were at the podium today, but it just felt a little more serious. And I think it's just when you look at the field, there's four teams left uh, and one stop to earn that right to go to Super Bowl 57. So I think everybody is just get, getting ready to get on that plane. They want to look like watch the tape. They want a game plan. Um, so yeah, I would say just locked in. Obviously this is a very uh, fun loving team and there's always like a lightness about them. So they're always happy and cheerful, but just, just a little more locked in than usual. I would say, I don't know. What did, what did you think? Nick? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that even after the game on Sunday against the Cowboys, it was a very serious tone. Like they were happy. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. this is a team. You can tell it's a team that's been to three NFC championship games in four years. This is, this is not like, this is not the end goal. Right. And so that is what you're seeing in terms of their attitude They're, They want to get to not just get to the super bowl, but win the super bowl because there's, I haven't counted it, but it's over 20 guys who were on the 2019 team that fell short way more than that, who were on last year's team and didn't even get to the super bowl. So you've got that mix of guys that this is, you know, this is what they do. This is what they they're chasing and so yeah I think that's why you're seeing a more serious tone even starting like right after that Cowboys game and I think it has carried over a little bit this week mm -hmm. two postseason games down one to go until the big game what did you take away from those first two games with the Niners and how can they use what they took away in those two in this one to make sure that you know they make it and they punch their ticket yeah the very way. different very different games obviously that that first game for me the biggest thing was just how is Brock Purdy going to react to the playoff atmosphere because he hadn't been there and he didn't, you know, he didn't have his best half in the first half of that game. And, and, you know, George Kittle even said there was a point in that game where he came into the huddle and tried to spit out a play and he talked so fast that everyone was like, what are you talking about, man? Like he just needed that moment. And I, I wrote a story a few weeks ago that was talking to like backup quarterbacks who have been on good teams and try to take them to the Super Bowl. And that's what they all say. Like I remember Jeff Hostetler from the Giants telling me that like he looked across the, the line of scrimmage when they were playing the Bears in the playoffs and he saw Mike Singletary, the famous big eyes of Mike Singletary. And he was like, oh crap, like this is, look at this game that I'm in. But you have to have that moment where you kind of settle in. So for me, that's what the Seattle was more than anything. They were clearly, the Niners are clearly a better team than Seattle. They took care of business. Last week, 
was a really good kind of indicator or litmus test for what this week will be, where you get a really physical NFC East team that's been in a lot of battles. They have guys who were obviously hungry from the loss against the Niners last year. And so, you know, the numbers and the offense, the offensive output and stuff wasn't as good as it was the week before, but I didn't expect it to be. Like, the Niners, the, the thing that championship teams do is they win games in every way. You can win a shootout. You can win a rock fight. You can win a blowout. You know, if you can if you can win in all those types of ways, that travels. It doesn't matter because you can get it involved in a game, and you've got experience doing it. And so I think it was really helpful for the Niners last week to be in another tight, tense situation because we haven't really seen that. I know the Raiders game was, but even that wasn't, you know, it wasn't as meaningful exactly, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Yeah, it might have been a seeding thing or whatever, but it wasn't that. But last week, the whole season was on the line. And the other thing I keep coming back to is the takeaway battle. And I understand that every team cares about turnovers. I'm not saying that the Niners are unique in this regard, but I do think the Niners are unique this way. They're 15-0 and 0 when they win or tie the turnover battle, and they're 0-4 when they lose it. So if you want to, if you ever want to say turnovers are the most important things in football, look at the 2022 49ers, and you will have their answer. And the fact that Brock Purdy has taken care of the ball as well as he, as he has, not just in the playoffs, but throughout this time, Kyle Shanahan said the other day when I asked him, it's the number one thing he's most impressed with. That is, has been a really big thing for him to do that against a really good defense last week, and he's going to have to do it again this week. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me throughout the week. And Nick, thanks for being our special guest. You're welcome. What would we go, like third and 27? Like <laughs> something like that? A holding <laughs> penalty or two? Third and 17. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, right. We got we got a false start pen. I'll take it, though. You can put that, you can put that one on me. No, thank you so much. Um, don't forget to check out 49ers. You've got mail podcast on all platforms to hear exclusive one-on-one -on -one interviews with 49ers players, staff, and alumni. For more information on the latest team updates, check out the news on 49ers.com. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify, and you can hear from us again on Friday morning. Thanks for tuning in.